0: Our second lesson this morning comes to us from Matthew's Gospel. It's from the 22nd chapter beginning with the 15th verse. Listen now for God's word to God's people. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then they said to him, and he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God, the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Samantha Wall, say her name. Wadia Al-Fayume. Say his name. May God have mercy upon us. They did their best to nail him that day. The Pharisees tell us, Jesus, are are you a yes man? Do you believe to be true what the inscription on the denarius states? Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus, Pontifus Maximus: Is there no God but Caesar? Does it accord with Torah to pay taxes to Caesar, even as the land on which we stand belongs to the Lord? Does ensuring the prosperity of our occupiers mean more to you than righteousness in the Lord? Would you instruct your followers to pledge allegiance to their oppressor? Do you not see the calloused hands, stooped backs, thickened scars, threadbare clothes, worn sandals of those who toil from sunup to sundown to satisfy the census tax? To reap the harvests that they cannot keep in order to fill their own empty bellies. These people, the ones who swarm you like bees to honey, every time you open your mouth to expound on the scriptures, the ones whom you have healed from afflictions, afflictions no doubt exacerbated by the plight of our occupation the ones who hear your so-called parables and see themselves in your stories. Would you tell these people that their suffering is just in the eyes of God, of the God of our ancestors? Is your piety a performance and tradition your costume? Tell us, Jesus. Tell everyone. Are you a fraud? The Herodians. Tell us, Jesus, are you a face of the resistance? Do you deny the divinity of Tiberius? Do you renounce the jurisdiction of empire? Does your obedience to the Torah cause you to violate the peace of Rome? And would you lead these people into rebellion against the state? Would you seek to disrupt the delicate peace under which we reside in the vain, misguided attempt to subvert the census, as did Judas the Galilean not so long ago? Would you threaten the safety of the people to satisfy your own vanity, to feed your own delusions of grandeur? Tell us, Jesus, are you a reckless, rabid, radical? They did their best to nail Jesus that day with the tools of empire. Their adhesive A common adversary. In the one camp, the Pharisees, the religious establishment, the reluctant accomplices to Roman authority. So long as the empire did not overreach its long arm into the realm of Jewish religious observance and strictures. They were the one half of the they. There's always a they. With the Herodians, the other half, a secular political party that supported the successive rule of Palestine by Roman-appointed authorities. Ordinarily, enemies by nature, unified by the maxim that the enemy of the enemy is my friend. The toolbox, a patronizing appeal to vanity, specifically to sincerity, intelligence, truth, confidence, and impartiality. The establishment imagines that Jesus is as beholden to brand management, if you will, as they are. The prelude to entrapment is often flattery. It can get you somewhere. In fact, it was the tactic used by the tempter in the wilderness with Jesus. If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Throw yourself over this cliff. Bow down and worship me. If the toolbox is an appeal to vanity, then the nail is a pointed question. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Their statuses as sources of earthly authority led them to attempt a damning reach into what they presumed was Jesus's source of charismatic power. Under whose authority would Jesus seat himself when pressed? to Rome, or to the temple priests. Together, these adversaries thought long and hard, no doubt, about how to entrap Jesus, how to make Jesus slip up and expose himself as either a scammer or a seditionist. They imagined the implications of their question to be huge convinced themselves that what was at stake was monumental, perhaps even of cosmic proportions. They did their best to nail Jesus on that day, but Jesus snatched the hammer from their grasp. Show me the coin. He shrunk their grandiosity down to the size of a coin. The stakes were small, their concerns weren't really rooted in the law or civic obligation or the pox romana or the well-being of the people. These patchworked partners in power were ruled by the coin. And these hypocrites were able to produce with ease the icon-bearing token from their own pockets. While Jesus stood before them, presumably with his pockets empty. Whose head and whose title? Caesar's. The vanity is Caesar's, not God's. In God's economy, we are the coin. We bear the image of God since Tertullian faithful theologians have championed this takeaway from the text. Too often, the complex relationships among political, theological, and humanitarian interests render people as pawns within larger systems. It's what undergirds the interrogation by the Pharisees and the Herodians in the temple that Jesus somehow be made to lose face in front of the people by cornering him into making a knee-jerk, black-and-white, zero-sum response to a gotcha question, as if the earthly powers hadn't already set the conditions for a gotcha scenario, ensnaring both Jesus and the public in the first place. Jesus consecrated gave his life, death, and resurrection to giving to God what is God's, in contrast to holding people in bondage to the whims of empire. Too many of us face exploitation as pawns within larger systems to this day, and we groan under the weight of it Creation winces and moans under corrosion and corruption. We are monetized, manipulated by algorithms, and set against one another, even alienated from our own selves. We are faced with choices that often seem impossible, and we look to texts like this one, as some sort of definitive guidance on when to conform or when to bend, for who to value or to dismiss, for what to cherish and what to disregard. Jesus responds by reminding us of whose image we bear and what we are worth. He reminds us that he is the craftsman whose kingdom tools are more complex and rich than anything that we could fashion. When I think of Jesus before the powers that had been, I'm reminded of these words by the late poet, scholar and activist, Audre Lorde who said, for the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. They may allow us to temporarily beat him at his own game, but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change. I urge each one of us here to reach down into the deep place of knowledge inside herself and touch that terror and loathing of any difference that lives here. See whose face it wears. Then the personal as political can begin to illuminate all our choices. What bears the face of love is worth preserving and What bears the face of antipathy demands undoing. Jesus calls us to look at the face of things, the personal, the political, the spiritual. Which was Jesus in this encounter? Politician, a prophet, or a priest? All of the above and None of the above. He stood both in relation to and outside of earthly power while towering above in the realms of the infinitely divine. Yet he testified to one truth. As he summarized later in his encounter with a lawyer, which is recounted in Matthew 22 beginning with verse 37, where he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. When... And it's when, not if, but when we find ourselves having to make choices between rocks and hard places. When we are cornered into hammering complex issues into simple solutions. May we start by seeking the face of God in the human dignity of the other. May we spend our lives as God bearers in service of true value. Amen.